The year is 1993. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. cover. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com. This is a brief respite, a little break, in between the reading club selections as we make our way through the Marvel Comics of 1993 on this journey from Marvel Comics Origins to today. Today we're going to be talking all things kind of current MCU. So we had the big Disney Plus day occurred uh, just the last couple days. So we're going to talk about some of the announcements about what's coming in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how we feel about that. And then at the end of this, we're going to review the MCU Eternals movie, which came out about a week ago at the time of this recording. Uh, We're going to share our thoughts there. That will be a spoilery podcast. So if you haven't seen Eternals yet, uh, you're probably not going to want to listen to that. Um, Or maybe you are. Maybe you love spoilers, right? Some people just can't get enough. But we're going to be talking about that and then maybe some listener questions. So if you like my Marvelous Year, you know, please go on over to patreon.com slash My Marvelous Year. It's the way we get supported, and it is super great, and uh, and you also get some cool benefits as a result, including including all of the upcoming issues, which are also as, uh, episode by episode in the show notes. I'm joined today by one individual who I welcome heartily into my uni mind, and one who is not but a deviant wolf, <laughs> Charlotte and Zach. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Hi. I won't say which, which is which. which I won't which? say which is which. Yeah. Which one's which? That's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Hi, yeah. yeah you'll, you, listeners will have to guess and, and try to yeah. figure out who who's the deviant wolf to my mm-hmm. eternal and who's who's with me in the uni mind. Um, I suspect we may find out as we as we talk through these things. Yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. Disney Plus Day, an uh, underwhelming day of announcements on the Marvel side. I think um, most of it. So so this is Disney's big like. Hey, this it's been two years since we release Disney Plus, let's make a day of it. Um, I think last year, if memory serves, was really cool because they announced a ton of stuff. Like they announced like mm-hmm. basically like what phase four was going to be for Marvel. So that was pretty exciting. I think that set the expectation as like, oh, we're going to get a lot of news. And uh, the reality was just like a lot of title cards for shows that we kind of already knew were coming um, that had been yeah, announced at various points with the exception of like probably one or two. Um, yeah. Let's let's start. I don't. We're not going to do a one by one of like, oh, are you excited for this? Are you excited for this? I think a lot of it, you know, for all of us is just going to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> like, like yeah, let's let the show yeah. come out. We'll judge it as it comes out. Um, Charlotte, you had, I think, the best question uh, of the bunch as we kind of prep for this. Do you want to? Why don't you start there and kind of talk about like what this what this was making you think of? Yeah, I think the the biggest two questions I had uh, after these announcements was one, are they kind of jumping the chalk, like announcing all this without any talent associated to it, with very random secondary characters. Some of them we haven't even seen, like Echo, who is going to be in the Hawkeye show, is getting her own TV series, but we we haven't even seen her yet, so it's hard to really get excited about stuff like that. 
Uh, and then the second question I, I had, and that's also linked to my reaction, my reaction to Eternals, is does this new MCU in Phase 4 with the more decentralized without the Avengers at the, at the center of it, does that work? The, has, does it work so far into Phase 4? Because even, even though it's only been a year, it's been like three movies and four TV shows. So that, that's quite a lot. So yeah. does it work? Has it been working for us uh, so far? Do we think it's? Uh, do we think the directions in which they seem to be headed uh, is going to work with that? Right, right. Zach, why don't you start with where you're at in regards yeah. to these? Because like Echo is a character you will not have read. Yeah, um, I don't know who. Yeah. I, I I know who they are just from reading about like, uh, you know, reading about the show coming out and then people yeah. mentioning who Echo yeah. is. But that's about it. Uh, I I mean, my thinking is. And, you know, the, the, part of this is, well, my, my thinking is I'm a little tired of talking about it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'm a little tired of it. And I'm not I'm not burnt out on the MCU. And it kind of took me a little bit to figure this out because, like, I'm still excited enough to watch, like, basically everything that they have. And even yeah. the stuff that I think is kind of just mediocre, like, I'm still pretty all in on just, like, well, I didn't love it that much, but, like, I had an okay time watching it. And I'm still, like, committed to being, like, this all sounds fun to me. And I'm willing to give most things at least a shot, you know, and then maybe taper off if it's, like, what if, where I'm just like, this isn't doing much for me. So, like, I'm still in on watching it. I'm just a little out on, like, the, it's just, and, and this is of Disney's design, them turning the MCU into just, like, a, this huge cultural force that everything needs to be talked to death about. And, and this is, I'm trying to have some self-awareness of, like, this is a self-imposed problem because I am on a comic book podcast, so I am, like around this a lot right like i run the slack and we talk about it all the time in there i'm on twitter for the my twitter oh my <laughs> goodness the, the new and, uh, uh, the new junior, junior high spokesperson for twitter has been announced yeah. it is zach amazing I'm, it just makes me a little nervous guys to uh be on social media i thought um, maybe you're gonna start talking about sex the way your voice was cracking it's, it seemed like maybe there was some, some we're, we have, we're not even talking about eternals yet and we're already talking about sex scenes all right yeah go ahead yeah uh yeah being on twitter you know, it's it's just that nothing can, uh, yeah. There's just uh, you it's know, a lot. So much it's a lot, and and, and yeah. it and it is just becoming multiplied by the fact that the MCU is putting out not two movies a year, not four movies a year, but four movies a year and six shows now, right? Yeah, so yeah. there's yeah, always yeah. something to be having a discourse about and to be discussing, and I'm kind of just like a little exhausted. When most of it is just like, yeah, that's okay. And if it was not MCU, we would not be talking about it this extensively, right? Like if we were just talking we're, about what's what's the best of TV, right? Like it wouldn't be like Dune, and we're, we're going to get to this later. So you know, no spoilers. But like we watch Dune, I, Dune, Dune is all over the conversation. But I think like in my little corner, Eternals is way more in the conversation, even though I think it deserves like a tenth as much of the conversation as Dune. Like, I think the Dune movie has so much more going on. It's so much more interesting. It's so much worth more discussion-worthy. And Eternals is not, really. Okay, okay, shots fired. Like, all right, so so you're all in on the Herbert-verse. You can't wait for when when Dune's taking over TV. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah. I think I think there's something that is useful to define, because I was kind of thinking about this in relation to the question, which is, like, when we talk about Marvel fatigue mm -hmm. or Marvel, Marvel Studios fatigue, that means different things for different groups of people, yeah. right? So, like, yeah. if you're talking about critics like film critics who've been in the industry forever when they're talking about marvel fatigue they mean they don't want to have to review these movies anymore yeah, like sure they right, are yeah. done they are sick of it and i i get that from their totally. perspective but it's yeah, also yeah. like well then hire somebody else um but 
when we when I talk about Marvel fatigue, I, it's more in line with what I think you're saying, Zach, which is to the effect of like th- there is an overexposure problem, you know, and it is true of every medium that Marvel plays in. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel Comics is super guilty of this over the past decade, where they flood the market with so many comics. To the point that it is like, well, I just can't possibly, can't possibly keep up with all this. And I shouldn't want to. Like, most of this stuff, like, the quality level on this, it, it drops off. You know what I mean? So, like, that is where... Well, I don't know if that's happening. That, that's the thing is, like... I'm talking about comics specifically right now. Yeah, like, I'm okay. talking about right. that is the yeah, overexposure yeah, yeah. problem in comics. And mm-hmm. that is the danger that the MCU finds itself potentially falling into. I mean, ironically, yeah. it's a thing that Disney kind of already has seen and learned some lessons from didn't learn some lessons from with star wars um in a very different way because star wars i think what we saw with the films and then the jump to tv is like there's a there's a real limit on how much star wars you can put out in the world without like that like there's a there's a really nice sweet spot of how much star wars stories should be in the world okay and that's a balance they have to thread like that is mm-hmm. and marvel i think they're kind of going the opposite direction where they don't they're not really acknowledging whether or not there's any limit (laughs) on what they can do because it's only going to get more and more and more i mean i think one thing that marvel has done fairly well from jump and some of this is just restraints of making movies and building up an audience is they've been relatively patient sometimes obnoxiously patient i think now um but as we start to like you're saying drop movie and movie and movie and all of a sudden it's like wait we're we're already deep enough in the grab bag that we have an agatha harkness and an echo show <laughs> like oh, like God, we're yeah. already <laughs> deep enough that those characters are getting priority um it's it's a little worrying to me just for the for the quality filter level i suppose right where it's like it, too much of this i don't I don't have the problem of keeping up. It's easy for me. It's what I do. I run a website that is talking about a lot of this stuff and focused on it. So, like, that part of it I'm not annoyed by or bothered by. I don't have Marvel fatigue like you're saying, Zach, in the sense of, like, oh, I'm not going to watch one of these. Like, that's not true. But, you know, I just watched Shang-Chi yesterday or two days ago. Um, I waited months. Uh, I I caught up on What If slowly over time. Like, there's, there's there's a lack of urgency, maybe, that didn't used to exist with Marvel just by definition of how much they're putting out and, and kind of the medium. Um, and I think that actually speaks to excitement levels. Uh, Charlotte, and you asked the question, what's what's your take? Yeah, and I think like uh, jumping off on that, jumping up on that, uh, there's the lack of clear di- direction of where they're headed. Because there was th- this sense of uh, urgency before because you know that uh, this is all going to lead to a crossover. You're going to have a, an Avenger mm-hmm. movie every two to three years, stuff like that. Now there's not this sense of urgency of this is le- leading to a crossover soon. Like there was maybe a bit with WandaVision and Loki leading to Doctor Strange, but apart from that, you, you don't have that clear direction, that clear central focus of the universe. So everything feels less necessary, I guess. Or so you you feel more okay waiting to to watch stuff, or even just keeping on on some mm. shows if you're less uh, interested. See that I, that part I, doesn't really bother me because I don't I don't need like all my movies to be leading to something, right? Like that's I mean I enjoyed Black Widow more than most. Like Black Widow is my favorite MCU yeah. movie this year. Because I just think like it was it was my favorite movie of the I mean, three Eternals. That's my favorite movie, but my favorite MCU movie. Because like yeah. I don't I don't really you know I I I like all the big world building stuff. Like I like 
seeing everything move in one big direction, but, like, it's not, like, I don't need to know, like, uh, yeah, but what, what is this even, what's Black Widow? See, I, I hear you saying no, that, I, I and, and that's a very separate I, argument, um, but I yeah, do think, yeah. I do think Charlotte's point, that, that's the game we're playing. That's the game Marvel Studios yeah. is playing, is long-form, yeah. serialized movie story. I mean, can, can I just you know? say, when, when Charlotte, like, pitched this question at the very beginning... When she was talking about this, I was just like, it sounds like you're talking about comic books. It sounds like you're talking about, like, what's the Marvel editorial staff up to right now yeah. with this new push in a way that, like, movies don't work that way, <laughs> right? But like, the, But they it, do now. That's No, the thing. I know, I know. It's it's just very strange, like, hearing it talked I mean, about like I think the, is, the lack yeah. of direction doesn't impact my appreciation of the movie because I'm the same as you. I really like Black Widow. Um, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but uh, I think it's uh, it changes my excitement for when they announce projects like that specifically. Because like, and and I think that's the first time they've announced stuff without any writer, any actor, any any. Because before they used to announce at least the title, mm-hmm. the director, one or yeah. two actors. Like there was some stuff behind it. This I think is the first time where you just have the title and just you deal with it. I think. Mm-hmm. And most people won't even know what that title means. Yeah, exactly. Right? I think the value of the core, though, you know, is for me, it doesn't I, I, I admittedly am a big fan of what are we building towards? Where's this going? Like, definitely, I'm here for that. Yeah. It's a thing I look for. But I, I do think in terms of not just like the build, but what that allows the movies and the stories themselves to do. Right. Because like when I look at my favorite MCU movies, they're almost all elevated by the fact that they are building to something because that allows them to tell bigger stories with bigger stakes, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's really, I mean, it is really just the distinction between is this an origin and an introduction or is this a story somewhere along the lines? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, is yeah. this a story where we already know their deal and there's a shared history and we can just do something? Mm-hmm. Those movies and those stories are more captivating and are more interesting. It's something that, I mean, I'm actually seeing this right now and kind of kind of crystallizing for me. Like, so I'm playing the Guardians of the Galaxy video game, okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like seven hours of playtime in. It's incredible. I love it. It's really, really great. It does the same thing that Spider-Man PS4 did where it's just like, hey, there's a lot of shared you history know, here. You know We're just going to talk yeah. about it like it exists. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there's this whole comic book style baggage and continuity and history that you, you're, you're going to hear about, but you don't need to know it. Those, that's what the MCU is sort of lacking because it's building it all itself. You know, it's building everything from the ground up. It has the patience to do that, and that's fine. But the foundational elements, the origins and the intros, are just inherently less interesting to me, you know? I mean, Eternals and Shang-Chi both suffered from that. I think Shang-Chi is a really good movie. Like, I like, yeah, haven't I, just I, watched I it. It's my, it's my favorite of the movies. I did like it more than Black Widow. Like, I thought it was yeah, a really most people did, yeah. fun experience. Um, well, and I'm, I'm a man of the people, right? Makes sense. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it's an origin. It's an introduction to this, mm-hmm. to this world and to yeah. this character. And it does a fun job with that. It's not going to be... It's not on a Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame level. You know, even yeah. Ragnarok, you, right? You like, know what's funny yeah. is the, the MCU is like winking its hand at basically what it's doing long form in its like advertisement outside of the movie yeah because like i've been seeing because <clears throat> shen chi just dropped on uh disney plus yeah. and uh and all the advertisements are like meet the mcu's newest avenger and i was like really newest avenger interesting okay that, that's not really in the movie right <laughs> you know like no, yeah. the is, final that, conversation not... with wong like sort of right like that's the, the kind of right you know but like yeah sure 
Um, and yeah, I think so that, I, that's I, I think a that's the thing that's the thing in the MCU that's almost close to the mutants. Uh, all mutants are X Men thing in the comics, which all MCU characters are Avengers, kind of. Because like right. even Ant Man isn't officially an Avenger in the movie, but they he's treated as an Avenger. Like every character is treated as an Avenger in the movies. I think basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's, we, we have like if you have a little comic knowledge and a little bit of. You know, if you thought about it, you know, a little too hard, in my opinion, you can yeah. be like, okay, yeah, it looks like they're building up a new Avengers squad, right? You're going to get uh, Yelena from Black Widow mm-hmm. and Shanxi and, uh, you know, whatever. Like, And then also there's the running thread of, like, multiverse stuff is starting to kick in with Loki and with the new Spider-Man movie, right? So, like, there's going to be some multiversal threat. But, like, there hasn't what? been a clear... Samuel L. Jackson showing up and being like, "I'm I'm forming the Avengers," and then yeah. you're like five years yeah. of watching that. So I, I, Let, I hear let's what you're save saying. that. Let's let's save the bulk of the the rest of that for Eternals because I, I think it's going to connect very thoroughly to what that movie is and kind of where it's going. Um, I I think just to kind of put a cap on the Disney Day stuff. Um, hmm. I, I think I'm not I'm I'm a little nervous <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. some of these shows and sort of just it was weird like just the lack of information they had about them was really it was strange like, we, the we teasers the, uh, were so slight yeah. it was like watching um like the moon knight one with oscar isaac which which i'm so here so here for oscar yeah. isaac potentially doing me reading to my kids and doing silly voices as his take on <laughs> that moon knight. voice oh that my voice goodness i love it choice i mean i i don't i i like it oscar isaac but i'm mostly i'm excited because ethan hawks in that and yeah, uh, no, it should be fascinating. Yeah. But like Ooh, the trailer footage was like, "Hey, we don't have anything. We don't have." I mean, you know what? We got a little glimpse of the costume, and I was excited about that because that costume is like one of the best in Marvel. It's oh yeah, so good. Oh yeah, yeah. but no, I, I agree. It was it was a lot of. I mean, it was more than the She Hulk one, which was like, "Here's her, here's her calves." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She Hulk's calves, and uh, here here are Boston her marathon body. runners calves. She yeah. is a svelte. Which I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not here for, but uh, okay. So there wasn't much in terms of actual visuals. I actually, you know, what I'm most excited about was the Hawkeye trailers were actually really good, and uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm yeah, really pumped sure. for that series. I'm yeah. I'm oh, very I have high hopes and high expectations Dave, for Hawkeye. Did you see that? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I was just singing what? high hopes. Just on, please. Okay. <laughs> don't don't apologize to him. <laughs> Wait, did you, did you just <laughs> did you just sing Panic at the Disco on air? Mm, it's Fallout Boy, but. Go on. No, High Hopes is Panic at the Disco. <laughs> Are you sure? No. Yeah, I'm sure. Rose you know jumped right in. To? It is. <gasps> Rose lied to you know literally yesterday. To? We heard we heard it on the radio yesterday, and I was like, this song sucks. Pete Buttigieg. That guy, that guy blows. Uh, and then <laughs> and she led you uh, on. That's amazing. And then she was like, it's Fallout Boy. And I was like, oh, interesting. She's like, yeah, I'd know that voice anywhere. And I'm only putting this on air. <laughs> I think I think she did it on purpose to set you up and make you look like a fool on air. So I, well done, Rose. There's absolutely no way yeah. <laughs> that I look like a fool for not knowing who Panic at the Disco is. Ugh. Hard to disagree. Hard um, disagrees. They, go out across yeah. the audience. Charlotte? Dave, did you, uh, yeah, no, I know. Charlotte. Did you see who's Charlotte. writing the Marvel Zombies uh, animated series? <laughs> no, I did Ze- not. Zeb Wells? It's Zeb Wells. No <laughs> flipping way. Well, so I'm, I'm very I'm excited about that. 150% more excited about that now. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, so the, uh, the, the, thing, the other things that announced are like three animation shows. It's the X-Men 94, right? Or is it 97? 97. 97. 97. Yeah. And, uh, and then a Spider-Man like in high school show because he's moving on from high school and then like charlotte said a marvel zombie show i i have zero thoughts about that we saw not a moment of it and you know i i just mostly hope they don't stick to their house style of what if yeah 
Right. Like as long as they they branch out, I'll be a little. The more Spider-Man interested. character design definitely seemed different. X-Men clearly will be because it's a, you know a reintroducing something that I will, already existed. I will say I put this out on Twitter. The only thing that like because I, I I don't really care about the old show that much. Like it's fun, but it it was before my. Or I didn't watch it when it was coming out. It's not out. your nostalgia fest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. It's a good show, but it's, you know, not for me. Um, I would be really interested. It, the only really interesting creative choice they could make is if they replicate that old style exactly. If they get, like, the kind of hazy drawing, the, like, somewhat fuzzy, the, that weird light effect that 90s cartoons had where they actually put a light through the... Um, like through the images the animation themselves okay they get the the voice actors everything like try to really replicate that but then just do krakoa yeah 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 i mean they're they're not gonna start there but it it would be cool to see i would be way into that would be a really fun weird juxtaposition i think so yeah uh, no i'd be here for it you know i guess i was wrong when i said they didn't really announce anything the animated announcements are interesting yeah but you know show us a frame of it (laughs) like yeah sure it's easy i I, just so that's that's what i'm saying in terms of this Disney, this deadline of like, hey, we need yeah. to have stuff for this day. It's like, well, they don't have anything. So the day itself is is not that exciting. It's more, yeah. all right, what's going to come, and we'll judge it as it comes. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna want to check out all these. You know, like I'm gonna want to check out yeah, a new Spider Man yeah. animated series. I'm gonna want to check out uh, Marvel Zombies. I wasn't that excited about, but now that you say it's that well, Charlotte. I'm yeah, way more excited. And I, I think he's and, also uh, writing X Men. I'm gonna want to watch. Yeah. Oh, seriously? Zeb Wells yeah. all no, over the place. Oh, maybe not. I, I think I saw that somewhere, but maybe not. I don't know. Take that. Take that. Uh, either way, situation <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I gotta say, as but, as a huge fan of X Men the animated series, you know, I'm I'm not actually like I'm not like oh my gosh I'm I'm running in the streets celebrating because mm-hmm. it's coming back. Like I don't. I'm pretty okay with things ending. <laughs> generally yeah. speaking, yeah. I'd, mean, I will I'd be more still excited about it, a new X Men show. Same. Same. Yeah. Like, except like it's not you know I mean it, yeah. Yeah, it won't be in the MCU, right? Like everyone no, no. needs to, to to cool it about that. I've just I saw a, a number of, of, I mean, of respected people being like, "It's so weird that the first X Men thing they announced is X Men '97." It's like absolutely settle down. Settle it absolutely down. just going to be the first thing yeah. Marvel Studios does that it's is not in the MCU because it's mm. Marvel Studio. It's not Marvel TV. Yeah, yeah, point, I, but yeah, it, it's not going to be the the first no, no. <laughs> X Men thing they do. That's that's bonkers. Uh, that's a very strange leap to make. Yes, yeah. agree. All right, so let's uh, let's transition here and and talk about Manscaped. Support for my marvelous <laughs> year is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over two million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you: twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code. MY at manscaped.com. You go to manscaped.com, you get what you need, and you enter code MY MY. This is, I think, pretty much the final time we're going to be sharing this. Uh, so this code presumably will expire eventually. So get in on this 20% off now while you have the chance. Zach. Dave, I hate to I hate to interrupt your uh your advertisement, but mm-hmm, we gotta get mm-hmm. to these listener questions. Sorry. Um Justin yeah, yeah. asks in the Slack, if you had to manscape a topiary on yourself, what shape would you make? If you had to manscape a what? <laughs> a topiary on yourself. Okay. I'm I'm gonna learn a word today. What is a topiary? Oh, it's like um a, a sculpted shrub, right? You know, if you see a, a big shrub sculpted Oh. Into the like shape of uh, oh, you're talking uh, about the the celestial head that I've sculpted onto my chest. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that had a separate name. <laughs> I just thought it was my celestial of hair. Um, let me see a topiary. Of, it's got to oh, be a Kirby myself. design. Yeah. 
Yourself, oh, yeah. your, your own face? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, here, here's something. Uh, with other with other brands' razors, uh, your manscaping is going to look like Kirby Crackle. Is that something? Kirby Crackle's great. How dare you? No, I know, but like, do you want it to be? Do you want your man to be all patchy and weird and Kirby Crackle, or do you want it to be? I've got. I'm. I'm doubling down on as a Walt Simonson background. <laughs> the Walt Which Simonson of manscaping. Like, well, because it's you know blank. He just kind of doesn't draw any detail. Because uh, the drawings gosh are... brought Simonson slander to the manscaped read. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Um, I. I. Here's the thing: is manscaped is for me. The Jack Kirby of of trimming hair. Um, it is innovative. It is essential. It is the king. It is absolutely what I was looking for in a nose hair trimmer and and elsewhere on uh, on my body. So to me, it's a little bit more like the John Byrne of, oh, uh, of hair. Don't say hair that. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying like it. It's like it's efficient. It gets the job done. No frills. Yeah. You know what? These these reads are fairly gendered, so you might be right. <laughs> you, might, <laughs> yeah. you might be more spot on than you realize. All right, so Manscaped. Go to Manscaped.com. Yeah, check it out. Uh, I just so specifically the lawnmower is their uh, their like run of the mill, not run of the mill, but their their like main product, the lawnmower 4.0, and that's the one that I like particularly recommend if you're not looking to get like the big package or anything. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the lawnmower specifically is uh, it's a really good product and a good name. Good naming. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, here for funny. it. All right, cool. So let's uh, let's move on to Eternals, the movie. Um, I think mm. you know we we had a, a pretty big MCU conversation to start this, so I think like probably a lot of that is going to overlap here. Um, let's let's begin with, I guess, the elephant in the room with Eternals, which is just like okay, this movie got absolutely torn apart for a Marvel movie. Um, it's Rotten Tomato score is, you know, in the forties, like it's, it's the most critically savaged movie. There was clearly a, a pile on of, of critics sort of being like, oh, finally, finally, one of these isn't working or one of these makes choices that are outside the template. Um, however slight they may be. And the movie just got ripped apart. Okay. I watched it. Mm -hmm. I saw it. I had a really fun time with it. I thought it was plenty enjoyable. I put it like right in the middle of my rankings. It is totally an average MCU movie. I think the savaging of it is bizarre. Um, Zach and Charlotte, do either of you, where do you stand on the, this is great. No, this is totally fine. Uh, oh yeah, they're right. This is the worst of the MCU. Charlotte, it's fine. It's, it's absolutely fine. I mean, it's not great. I was hoping for more, but it's, it's fine. It's totally watchable. I don't, I mean, I don't get why that's the worst rated movie in the MCU when like the Incredible Hulk or Thor 2 exists. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean it's fine. Yeah, I, I I think I think the uh, the reviews are a little like overblown in their like hatred, but I I do get it, right? Like especially if you're not viewing this from an MCU fan perspective, like here's ten superheroes that you need to be interested in, and we're gonna like talk about them in kind of the most like there, there's I I can see if you are not bought in on the MCU, you watching this the whole time and being like, what? so why? Why do I need to care about this? Like, what is here to grab me? Like, um, because I also think it's fine. Like, as someone who's into the MCU and excited, I was not bored watching this. I was not, like, miserable looking at my clock. And it is two and a half hours long. So I was not, you know, like, it, it, yeah. it's something of a feat that I was not, like... Two hours and 37. You know. Oh, I, I felt those. I felt those minutes. Yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> I didn't feel it that bad. But I also, like, just kept thinking, like, why are they... Why aren't they doing these ideas in 
any way but this, which is the mo- least interesting way. They yeah. Over and over again, it was like, here's a cool, interesting idea. And either let's glance over it and brush right past it and kind of just like suggest something interesting. Like uh, the idea of Barry Keoghan, Keoghan holding this whole village hostage and then like not really grappling with that. Yeah. The idea of um, Fastos having like a family, having a husband and a son, but being immortal and having to deal with the idea like... That's an interesting idea that they don't touch, like, the, that you are going to watch your family die while you stay, you know, forever young. Mm-hmm. I want to be. The, uh, the idea, oh, I mean, the thing that really drove me nuts is that you're going to be like, let's have this time-traveling epic, 7,000 years in the past, 5,000 BC, Mesopotamia, and then have everybody look and sound exactly the same as they do in 2021. So it's just like, you know, your quips. The slang that they use, the, like, chit-chat that they do, yeah, the right. costumes that they wear, everything is just like, yeah, let's just put them on a set that looks kind of old-timey, and then we'll write the same exact script, we don't have to worry about altering it because they would change with the culture. And we get, like, mild hints of that, fast as at Hiroshima, looks like a professor from the 1940s, but, like, get into that stuff, right? Like, make me feel the... I, I, never once did I actually feel like, oh, wow, this is a really, like, ancient culture that they're spending time with. Because they themselves are so modern slept in the middle of it. And I already, like, can hear, like, well, they're Eternals. They don't change. But, like, the whole movie has them talking about, like, the movie insists over and over that they are people who live lives and have, like, you know, they are not uh, these these Galactus-like otherworldly beings who are outside of humanity, right? Like, they change with the times. Clearly, we see them change with the times. King goes so into movies, right? So that have them be in Mesopotamia or... Whatever, that's the one I keep going to because that's the one I remember. No, there should be some cultural specificity and, when they're and in like, those time periods. The Old Guard, not a movie I even love, but like a movie I had some fun with with a bunch of immortals, had small little flashbacks of like Charlize Theron dressed as a Viking with like Viking braids in her hair. And yeah. those tiny little scenes of that really sold. Oh, wow, this is cool. They are immortal. Like, look, it's an entirely different setting for the same person, and I can recognize them, but they are in an entirely different setting. And I, you know. You really feel the age of them. Um, and, like, what What a strange... Like, it's just over and over. How can you do the most mundane, boring, <laughs> uninspired version of the thing you're setting up? And it, it just... It kind of drove me nuts. I, I think the thing that you said early about this being like, oh, if you're into Marvel, it would connect more. Mm-hmm. I actually think this stands apart <laughs> from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in ways yeah. that I actually was somewhat irritated by. I actually do think you could judge this fairly easily as an independent superhero entry and then you have to ask and answer all the questions of well why do i care um you know i actually don't think this is writing on the coattails of marvel like with the exception of frankly out of place quips about Mm -hmm. captain rogers and the avengers right just to sort of remind everyone this is a marvel movie you actually like if this was just like chloe Zhao launching her own superhero universe it kind of almost works, which which is, you know, as many, many people observed, is like sort of the approach Kirby took when he launched Eternals in the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. Charlotte, what did you think in, in response to what Zach said? And then just kind of, you know, big picture thoughts on the. I mean, I think one of the directions I was like, because they even plant some seeds of interesting stuff that they kind of forget. I think my, the big thing mm-hmm. was the what they do with the Deviants, saying that um, uh, in the end, the Deviants aren't actually the bad guys. And the are basically just like. Mess. Yeah, because there's a very interesting thread here, and I was expecting, like, Crow to 
be uh, a more interesting character that they would do more with him uh, by are the we, end of are the we calling that crow was that actually crow i think it's supposed to be crow oh damn it when that guy gets killed <laughs> i know at the i'm end, so disappointed did too did you have the same reaction when he gets killed at the end you're like wait what like i thought this guy was yeah exactly yes. <laughs> yes. i thought like, he was I, going I, to I, to help like to to join the, yeah, the fight team at the end, up, or, yeah. or at the very least like have a more complete arc right like yeah some, exactly yeah, because because yeah, okay. now what what was the point of the deviants? To have uh, uh, venom wolves, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which could run around and they could battle. Yeah, the deviant threat I thought was was yeah. a total miss, and it it really did seem like it was building to this realization that um you know they're they're two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Uh, but no, that's that's not the route we yeah. took. I mean, I think so to to kind of touch on like, all right, we're talking on the flaws of it. I it's a flawed movie for sure. <laughs> like it is. It's messy, it's big, it does too much. I think, Zach, for me, the thing I was probably most impressed by is one of the things you're criticizing here, which I think is a fair critique, which is we introduced 10 flipping superheroes Mm -hmm. and a celestial mythology. Like, Mm -hmm. it is too much. It is too much for two hours and 37 minutes, which are long. And I actually thought it was fairly impressive in the economy of building character across those 10 Eternals. Like, Ten Eternals totally, is too many, totally. and I did get a feel for who they all were. I I, um, I totally I, I was gonna say like I was gonna make sure that I, I gave this movie some praise. And one of the big things that I felt is like you know what like the MCU is so character driven, and I walked away being like I can name all ten of them, and I know who each of them are, and yeah. that's and I don't know them from the comic, so like that is pretty. That's remarkable. the thing. There's and, no there's no walking into this movie being like yeah I know Kingo's deal. I don't know Kingo's mm-hmm. deal. <laughs> I read. I mean, you kind of do comics. They basically were like, "It's Kamali Nanjiani doing." You know, he, he's quipped, and it's he's he's not playing against type. So you kind oh, of oh no, no, totally. Like, but, from an acting perspective, yeah, yeah. no. But um, yes, yes, I, yeah. It, it, that that is impressive. It, it the flip side of that though that that does bother me is that literally every Eternal except for the main two are pretty memorable in their personalities. Who are we call the really, main two? Cersei and Icarus. Yeah, Cersei and okay. and I, I think go both good performers. Maybe I, I think Gemma Chan and uh, Richard Madden. I've seen other stuff, good performers. I, I think like what they were given to do, and maybe their performances are just a little, kind of a nothing at the center of this. Especially Cersei, Gemma Chan is Cersei, who is needs to be kind of like the core of this, and just so underwritten to be like to fully understand what her deal is because yeah, we it, need to like one of the challenges really with Cersei. F- yeah, sorry. one of the misses there is she's so much more fun in the comics you know like yeah. the cersei oh, yeah, yeah. kirby cersei uh, gillen cersei read it read any eternals cersei read the avengers cersei where she's flirting with captain america and making him super uncomfortable like cersei's really fun um mm-hmm. that is a character who here is played very straight as mm-hmm. a um as you know the superhero who's just trying to do right by humanity and that is a miss yeah. i think the richard madden of it, it all like her, the her, icarus her, bits yeah. that that performance the prop, like one of the challenges I have with it, is it only makes sense once you're like seventy five percent through the movie. Yeah, yeah, because totally. it yeah. works, but it works too well. Because I think, like, by the first scene he's here, you know he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, at my... the end, I was like, oh, okay, I guess. I, I just, I felt really very little of that, and I, I totally yeah. agree about Cersei because, like, her character is like what, like, just but kind, uh, good yeah. but humble, right? You know, like just. <laughs> Loves, <laughs> nothing, loves nothing. people, yeah. Right, loves but humanity. like, but that also like needs to be sold in some way, right? Well, that was not because it was like she, she's on Instagram. She loves Instagram, so she's like really embedded with people, and it's like that does not 
that's not it you know <laughs> well, like, that's not enough for me what's a funny miss too is like you know that they made there's this big hype about like the first sex scene in eternals which is goofy and, and nothing um but it, it is also like you know what cersei loves she loves to party and she loves to hook up with humans. Like that's like she loves that, and they yeah. they do nothing with that. Um, so that's you know, th- there's more personality that could have been injected in that front. But again, when you're spreading it across ten people, which is a choice that they inflicted on themselves, sure. <laughs> there's yeah. no reason totally. there had to be ten Eternals. You could have chosen four. You could have chosen five. You could have realized you had Angelina Jolie in the movie and made her more of a focus. <laughs> wow. Like that what? was so I, bizarre. I, I I know her her career is not what it used to be, but like seeing she's one still of a our, movie star. She is a totally movie seeing, star. Seeing like one of our biggest, you know, and most like notable movie stars. In most scenes, but pretty quiet and off to the side, is so odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I, I immediately the she first thing good. I said. The first thing I said to my wife when I came home was, "If you were an alien and you came to the world and you this was the first movie you saw, you would have no idea Angelina Jolie was a movie star. Like you would think, yeah, totally. like oh, yeah. like she was Richard, just as kind of a, a middling." star is like most of these people yeah <laughs> right yeah so yeah, the yeah. one thing i want to come back to before i transition it is what i really kind of like about eternals is i actually think there's a lot to chew on and a lot to think about not necessarily in the ideas being like oh they're so they're so thoughtful and so well presented at kind of the opposite it's like the because it's flawed and because the cracks show more openly um, I actually find it more interesting to think about. It's a movie that lingers for me in terms of thinking about what worked, what didn't, more than a lot of Marvel Studios, which yeah. kind of is popcorn in and out. You know, Shang-Chi, I'm not going to keep thinking about Shang-Chi. Like I said, it's my favorite movie of Marvel this year, but it did exactly what it set out to, and it did it well. Eternals doesn't do exactly what it sets out to. It's a kind of a big mess. It actually reminds me, and the Zack Snyder comparisons keep rolling out stylistically because I was referencing him, but it reminds me of the experience I had after Batman vs. Superman, where I was like, okay, that's a 2.5 out of 5 for me, but I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> and I have all these questions and all these thoughts. Eternals isn't quite on that level because it's it's not Batman and it's not Superman. Um, but I actually kind of embrace and enjoy these movies ha- trying things and failing because um, we actually don't see Marvel do that a lot. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it in that regard. I mean, to, to me, like, I see what it's trying to do and I just am like, well, I'll go watch like a Terrence Malick film instead. I'll go watch Tree of Life. Or that is the snobbiest. It's her. It's Chloe Zhao. Oh, my gosh. Do you have your glass of champagne? It's a little early there. It's specifically like, I mean, Chloe Zhao is an autorist director. She makes art film, like art house films. So like, this is not a stretch. I've seen Nomadland, I know. Yeah, and she like worships at the feet of Terrence Malick, right? It's all over her movies, especially like her first couple movies are very Terrence Malick influenced. So like it, it is, and this movie is very Terrence Malick influenced. Like she's trying to do a Terrence Malick with Eternals, except that like those philosophical musings feel you know, like so underbaked and so, you know, they're, they're not probing questions that get you to contemplate life in existence. They are just kind of like, I mean, the, the one question that, that is interesting, aside. the one question that is genuinely interesting to me is the utilitarian argument <laughs> about the value of a planet versus yeah. the value yeah, of billions that, that of planets. Is, that is the they don't necessarily yeah. explore it and answer it in with the art house, uh, you know, uh, sophistication, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a big question. Yeah, and I, it, I agree. It, it's at the core yeah. of this and it, it makes the Celestials kind of interesting. You know what actually makes the Celestials less interesting? I gotta say, hmm. them talking ever and us being able to understand them. Oh, I liked I like the Celestials. I was gonna actually like praise them. I I mean, just the scale of them really worked for me. The, the unknowability of, of the Celestials is is crucial. 
that's me. that scale is very cool um yeah 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 I, I guess so yeah i i like i kept feeling like frustrated that they're having that conversation about like earth needs to die so that like other planets can be born right like you are dooming you know it's part of the life cycle and if you just cut it off here right like you're ultimately dooming so many more sentient beings to not be born because of this like i wanted that someone to make a good argument for that right someone to make an argument about like yeah humanity had its time and look how much you know we're like we're messing up the planet we're at the end anyway and so you know we might as well like wrap it up and to feel that like that's a that's a interesting and maybe like a a sellable point Mm -hmm. (laughs) right Mm -hmm. by an interesting director uh not an interesting director uh you know an interesting screenplay headline Um, zach calls out uninteresting god i i i put out a (laughs) incredibly mild criticism of Eternals and Chloe Chloe Zhao, not even of her, but just how, like, because she's a really interesting director who's getting kind of, you know, like, subsumed by the Marvel machinery here and, like... I mean, by choice. Her... <laughs> she took the gig. <laughs> totally, but, like, most of her style gets, you know, scrubbed away, as is with most, like, directors who do an MCU movie. Um, and I got, like, clearly people, like, name-searching Chloe Zhao to come, like, yell at me for this on Twitter. And I just erased it. because like, I can't deal with a, a culture war about this movie. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's exhausting. Charlotte, how yeah. many Terrence Malick films did you immediately go home and watch after uh, after Eternals? You should, everyone should go watch The Tree of Life. That movie's I've uh, never seen a Terrence Malick film, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, go, uh, go watch Tree of Life. It's, uh, it's incredible. And you'll see, yeah. like, you'll watch, yeah, here's the thing. If you love Eternals, like, you'll adore Tree of Life. Because it's uh, it's doing the same thing. Uh, I mean, you you went to watch Nomadland because of this, so you know, like Dave, right? So, oh, hundred like, percent. You know, I saw okay, Chloe yeah, was coming to the Marvel Universe, so I was like, all yeah. right, I'll check out some like, and that you know, around the same time, Nomadland was getting hyped up, so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch some of this director's work. I mean, that that's definitely for me, who is absolutely not a cinema buff, who uh, you know, thinks uh, it's not <laughs> it's not my cinema thing. Buff. <laughs> Yeah, you're a classic cinema buff um no i'm a big i'm a big cinema buff yeah I yeah, yeah totally yeah. Uh, <laughs> no i i did go and watch it and here's the thing yeah i, I like eternals more than nomadland <laughs> like unquestionably <laughs> uh, people, there's people no doubt in my watch, mind people should go watch the writer from her uh the writer is uh is i think probably her best i'd rather watch that. richard Ryder fly across the pages of my comics. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good good one Nate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I don't know if i have much more to to say about it you know I, like to me it was it's i, I i'm somewhat interested i like these characters i'm kind of interested in having them in the mcu right especially so let, let's um, take it there then let's take it there then where's this wait, going can I, can I just point out barry yeah, yeah please and lauren Rit- ritteroff i think yeah uh, i just i just want to make a little note like easily the Most best chemistry chemistry in the movie <laughs> yeah. right like the two yeah. of them and and it's very good because i uh, i was gonna Kogan, say in the mcu actually close <laughs> Right, like pretty good. Uh, Barry Keoghan gets like a lot of uh, like villain roles, and he's he's kind of an odd looking guy. And uh, and I like he, he was a good of, druid. I mean, yeah, they yeah. stuck it here, but like I thought he was gonna be the villain of this movie, and I think the marketing kind of suggested yes. that mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like for him not to be, and uh, and also to be kind of, it, it's interesting because like that relationship has so much texture without us needing to know why there's no like plot significance yeah yeah between right. their relationship and it makes both of them more interesting it makes him specifically more interesting just because she seems a little bit you know she seems like a nicer person <laughs> right in general he's kind of like <laughs> more on this edge yeah. of moral you know grayness but like her affection for him makes like draws us into that character and makes me like want to give him more of a chance and makes him more of a complex guy 
that like she reacts so positively to him so like yeah really interesting and like way more going on between them than like cersei and icarus oh yeah. oh also yeah. i'm yeah, sorry yeah, Icarus flying into the sun. I like. Exactly. I couldn't. I couldn't. Zach, I was you have like... so much to say about this movie. You keep saying how much you don't have to say about this movie. <laughs> I know. And I then know. you I keep talking thought... about it. I'm telling I was you, there's a lot up. here. That was, that was ridiculous. I. I you, oh, you know what? Uh, another piece of praise for this movie: the uh, the final fight scene, pretty yes. good, and I think the best action of the film. You know, oh, all right. We agree. Bri- we agree. Yeah, brightly. I thought that was brightly really lit. good. Yeah. yeah, brightly lit. All you know, people, right? Like, unlike Shang-Chi's problem, which is, like, instead of having fun hand-to-hand power-based combat, it, you know, becomes a lot of, like, monsters and dragons. Um, that was that was one of the things that I thought found most impressive about the film, where, like, because they had done the character work with Brian Tyree Henry mm-hmm. and his family, and yeah. then when Fasto shows up to fight and gets to put it on Icarus, I was so here for that. I was like, yeah. this is yeah, yeah. exciting, both in terms of what the character's getting to do and the visuals. Yeah. Um, that's a nice, a nice blend that did, I think, work very very and they're well. not fighting kind of nebulous like mud creatures right they're fighting Which, each other like, yeah oh, how many how many punches can this take one 15 i don't know you the know, irony like, you know, the irony of civil of um eternals is that it's eternal civil war right like and yeah. you know the the villain quote unquote the deviants are, are just these meaningless monsters by the end of the movie uh, all right charlotte let's let's talk about where this is going um how hyped were you for the post credit scenes uh and like i just general takes on where Eternals might go from here. I mean, I had gotten the credit scenes, um, the post-credit scenes spoiled for me, so maybe a bit less excited than I would have uh, been uh, normally. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about like the them joining kind of the, the greater MCU. I, I'm excited about Kit Harrington as uh, as Black Knight. He he was, I mean, he's barely in the movie, but he was he's, kind of fun when he's around. Like, what a weird decision to have him in this movie, though, right? Like, he was yeah. literally no plot significance except for being like well it's so strange that like this is such an mcu specific thing that this like absolutely not even tertiary quaternary character is like the post-credit scene of being like well he's gonna be someone cool someday yeah (laughs) and i was expecting i was expecting him to be the human that's around throughout the movie and except it's Mm -hmm. kingo's valet yeah who was oh i mean i'm sorry i want one more thing about this movie yeah. I usually do not buy, like, I usually do not mind the quip thing, the quip complaint of, like, Marvel always undercuts itself with quips. So much, once in a while, so much. This movie is, like, this one needed to be pretty free of jokes. There were many jokes in this that literally were, like, undercutting the pathos of the scene in a way that, like, was so self-defeating. I don't like mind when... Kumal and and his valet playing that role. I think it brought a levity that, uh, honestly, I preferred as a viewer, I think if it was doing what you were describing, Zach, I mean, there's a chance, there's a chance it could be better, but there's a much better chance it'd be way worse. Like, I think that yeah. Rotten Tomato score, if it lacked that, would be like a 15. I think oof, it'd be, it's I dour, I it's grim, like, and it's a the, mess. I, the, the one I can't remember is uh, Angelina Jolie's, like, caretaker in this, Athena's caretaker. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Come when on. They tell, when Talk they tell about him about the, the death of uh, Ajax... He drops a pie, and it's like played for yeah, comedy. Yeah, that's and it's was... like what the. I, listen, like, I was listen. Like, not all the MCU jokes work. Like Shang Chi has a billion jokes that that are fall flat. Yeah, except that know? it's not supposed to be these like big. And then like uh, Sprite has her like big emotional uh, scene at the end, like explaining you know all of her pain and you know what has like driven her to this point of like betraying the rest of the Eternals. 
And then uh, Droog smacks her on the head and goes, well, that was emotional. And it's like, yeah, it was. We're supposed to, are we not supposed to care about it? I guess we're not supposed to care about it. We're supposed to make fun of it. But, like, that drove me nuts. And I, I, like, am not particularly sensitive to that in the MCU. I mean, maybe because the jokes work better. But, like, man, those those landed with a thing. I, I do think they could um, be better about time and place. Um, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, with this movie in particular. I mean, it's not... I don't know. Yeah, it, it's not. I mean, yeah, because I mean, like we watched the Spider-Man movie, right? And like that movie, like we said, is achingly sincere at times, but it also has a lot of jokes. It just, you know, doesn't always need to be like deflating the pressure of that sincere, sincere melodrama with a, a, a goof undercutting it. At yeah, the end. I mean, here, the thing we talk and we talk about those comics a lot is like most Marvel jokes are not that funny. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like... I think it, the MCU is very funny, though. You know, like be. Guardians it of the Galaxy be. in the Russo Well, that's right, ones, but that's like, a... that's Those are essentially comedies, right? They're, they're no, no, but films. I mean, even Endgame's very funny. Uh, I think Infinity War has a ton of good jokes. Right? Like, but the, 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 part the, of that, I think, I think is... Maybe, maybe it's better put this way. We know those characters. We have so much history yeah, with those characters totally. where sure. when they make jokes, we kind of know where they're coming from. Um, yeah. I think that's a lot harder yeah. to do when you're introducing a movie, which is part of why I think Guardians of the Galaxy remains such an incredible achievement, you know, written mm-hmm. by, by James Gunn and, and Nicole Perlman. Like, we, we just met those characters, and they fly off the screen. So, all right, anyway, yeah. Yeah, back, yeah. To the, back to the Mick yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I didn't really have it spoiled for me, Charlotte, so that was exciting. Uh, yeah. I did not ever expect Pip the Troll to be I coming into the MCU. About- <laughs> I really <laughs> thought they were going to not do it just ever. I loved... Patton voicing him. I thought the CGI yeah. was weird as hell. What did what did both of you yeah. think? Yeah, uh, the CGI it, was it, very it weird. Read. It didn't read that particularly odd to me, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, I thought I, that was just a me thing. I haven't been in theaters in a while. If I was sitting in a weird spot, <laughs> I thought it looked so out of place. Um, but at the same time, I didn't really care because I like Patton voicing him. I like Pip being here. Um, good Star Fox good casting on both Star Fox. And yeah, Pat it's gonna work. Harry Styles, it's gonna work. Yeah. Um, that but that was I definitely. Am- Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I am, like, kind of excited about, like, that new directions of meeting different Eternals of different planets and all. I just hope it's not too Thanos-heavy. I, I don't want necessarily oh, you don't the want MCU that. to go back to that well. It's so str- it, It's very odd to me, and, and I don't know how it will work, to be like, Adam Warlock just got cast for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. Hip the Troll and Star Fox are here, and we're post-Thanos, right? Like, Thanos is gone, so, like... Th- those we're characters never post are Thanos. We're never true. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's a legacy. I hope we are. We're we're past the <laughs> character, the but the legacy. I mean, that, you know, it's a big part of what I wrote about in the the CBH review yeah. was expecting the Thanos connections. Because here's the thing, Eternals fans, the Eternals mythology, as is so wonderfully being explored right now in the ongoing run by Kieran Gillen and Isad Ribich, um, it's very connected to Thanos, yeah, right? Mark totally. Grunewald does the heavy lifting of saying Jack Kirby meet Jim Starlin. He connects Titanian you know, mentor, Star Fox, Thanos, that family to Kirby's Eternals. Those dots are there, right? That groundwork has been laid. You can bring Thanos into this story in interesting ways. For me, post-Infinity War, post-Endgame, I really thought that's how they were going to introduce the Eternals to be like, hey, by the way, these are Thanos' cousins, and here's their deal. They don't do that at all, but they're clearly building towards that by bringing in Star Fox, Thanos' brother, in the second movie. Um, I'm interested, but like you said, Zach, I mean, it's going to be... It just kind of inherently has to be pretty far removed from the Jim Starlin vision, which is a little worrisome <laughs> because mm. Jim Starlin's vision is what made uh, Infinity War and Endgame so incredible. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, yeah. it's going to be Thanos legacy stuff. How interesting will that be? Um, that's hard. That's it's a harder sell when you don't actually have the Mad Titan on the board. I I would yeah. argue, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's interesting. It definitely it immediately takes Eternals two into like. Oh, cool. So we get to do Thanos Legacy Guardians of the Galaxy stuff with this franchise. Like, that's mm -hmm. probably a little more exciting than them being on Earth. Uh, the final trailer with, with Kit, obviously, if you know Dane Whitman, if you know Black Knight, you knew this was coming. Um, the uh, Blade playing the role of Nick Fury, assembling wild. his Midnight Suns or whatever happening there. <laughs> yeah. That was a turn. That I didn't see coming. That was, I mean, that that, was that, wild. Did, did, you, did you hear that voice and go like, oh, it's Blade. Oh no, because we haven't met yeah, him. Of in the course, <laughs> like no, I think it's very stupid because you like it, literally. It, I I even was like, was that Mahershala Ali? But I have to go Google it still. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you have to go check, and then you know it like only is because it gets confirmed by Marvel that yes, that was Mahershala Ali that we all like are sure. So like, what what a bad wink if you were just doing a voice of someone we don't know saying a line that doesn't mean anything in context. Can I can I say something it's about such, like, Marvel it, Studios? We already know strategy? the Blade movies showing up, so like it's nothing. It was no oh my god. Anyway, I I, go I need to make this comment on Marvel Studios Please. search search strategy. Here's the thing: <laughs> you roll out in end credits, where literally everyone in the world, the first thing they're going to do is turn to their phone and say, "Who was that?" or explain uh -huh. that post that second credits thing. Why on earth would you not run ads for Blade or whatever you want or like? Hey, do you want to learn who that was? Check out Disney Plus. Like Marvel should have been all over that. They know that that is what everyone in the world is going to be asking, but they're like, "No, nah, go check out this Variety article." Like they're just boosting websites traffic, you know? Like I, I, that Very that part strange, of it's weird yeah. to me. Um, but yes, I'm I'm interested in the blade of it all. Like I think yeah, you sure. can bring Black Knight into a Midnight Suns as sort of like if Blade is just kind of collecting like all the supernatural beings because now you can bring wanda into that with the dark hold obviously you got dr strange right you can do it, midnight suns and kind of the supernatural section of marvel has never really worked for me super well um mm. i i couldn't point to any particular runs where i was like this is the one that i love you know i'm not a big 90s midnight suns fan i like it more conceptually and just visually than i ever did any of the stories so if marvel is actually going to be going that direction with blade at the helm that's kind of cool. I that that's yeah, actually Doctor stuff. Strange, Scarlet Witch. You get uh, Moon Knight, yeah, in there. That that sounds. I mean, it, it is it is neat to think like I I'm still a little incredulous that we're really going to see the shows influence the movies in a big way, right? We've seen a little bit of that, right? We saw that like Captain America's uh or Falcon and Winter Soldier had Julia Louise Dreyfus show up in there, and then she was in the post credit scene of Black Widow. Yeah. And so there's like, there's been a little crossover, but that is not like influencing Black Widow or like you still, you didn't need the Falcon and Winter Soldier or like it, it wasn't clear because of that. Um, so like part of Doc me is like, Doctor Strange I, is going mean, to be the first real test because the Wanda of it all. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, Loki is the big ones for me because right, Loki opened yeah, the, up the multiverse. Loki yeah, feels sure, the, with Spidey, the biggest, right. right. I mean, Loki I, feels like the biggest one of like with the, uh, the, the, What's his name? Um, not Kane. Jonathan Majors. Kane. Yeah, no, yeah. What, what is his name? Jonathan Majors. Charlie, you just said it. Oh, no, I know it's Jonathan Majors. Kang. <laughs> Kang, Kang. I was Jonathan like, Kangers. Not... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. With him, like, that that feels like something that they can't just brush aside. But, like, yeah. I am I am really waiting for, like, the Moon Knight show to start and then for him to be part of a big team. 
on in the I mean, movies, right? Like a I mean, well, I guess Marvel they're going to do going to be Marvel, the novels. Right? Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. I mean, steal yeah. yourselves, steal yourselves, inevitably for Marvel Studios to restate what we learned in TV in the movies, because I sure. think they're <laughs> yeah. inevitably going to do that, just because the size, as big as Disney Plus is. And as many people watch these shows, the size of the movies is just so much greater. I think when we get to Captain America 4, for example, they're going to restate why and how Sam Wilson is Captain America. I think we just need to oh, God. Did get you see ready that for interview that. interview with the director who was no. like, Captain America 4 is going to be about uh, Sam Wilson earning the Captain America mantle. There you go. Like, there you go. And it yeah. was like, what? everyone's like, what are you talking about? We just had a whole miniseries <laughs> about that. That was the whole point of that stupid yeah, yeah. miniseries was this. We don't need to do it again. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think oh we God. need to steal ourselves for that because I, I do think that is kind of an inevitability. Um, Wild. Yeah. Which is maybe not going to play great, but we'll see. We will yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So Eternals, not nearly as bad as the reviews are saying, but definitely a messy movie. Um, Worse. Somehow. No, I mean, like, I I, think I, I I don't like it very much, but, like, it mostly functions as a film compared to, you know. There are, there are a number movie. of Marvel movies <laughs> I like it more than, so when you're actually looking at it in the, like you said, like, through that very Marvel-specific lens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. then it is, I think, like I said, it's right in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, I think that, that kind of summarizes it. I'm curious, yeah. what's your... Like so far in 2021, like for of Facebook, what's your favorite thing that they've done so far between the the series and the movies? Oh, Wandavision. Ooh. Oh, Lo- Loki, I think. Yeah, same. It's Loki Lo- for me. If if Wandavision like pulled it off, the whole thing off a little more, like if, if the f- second half of Wandavision was as good as the first half, it would probably be Wandavision. But like Loki yeah. was consistently very solid, and I liked Loki all the way through. I think Loki's probably oh, yeah, the. Same. Loki's probably going to win the, the Critical Choice Award yeah, on it, that one. I do think I'm, I see a lot more of that. Yeah. Um, I have that pretty high as well. WandaVision, for me, the, the piece of it that ultimately puts it over the top is just Marvel stuff that captures that level of excitement and that level of enthusiasm is... it. it I get caught up in that, It's and it, I get yeah. really excited by that and energized by that, and WandaVision had that to a degree that nothing in Marvel has had since Endgame and Infinity War, which is unfair because of the pandemic you know that actually reminds me so that was actually the final point i was gonna say so i'm i'm pretty origined out you know and I, i'm pretty when you look at this year of movies in particular it's so introductory and so um just kind of like okay we just need to repopulate our superhero landscape and that piece of it is kind of boring to me but the one thing i hadn't thought about is you know but for the pandemic these movies would have come out in the wake of endgame and mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd be as far removed and as ready to go to the next thing if they'd actually kind of come mm-hmm. out in sequence uh, as intended. So I do want to give, a, I guess, maybe a little strategic credit there to the impact of the pandemic, I suppose. Because, like, th- what it should have been was basically, like, a one-year breather um, mm-hmm. between yeah. between Endgame and then Spider-Man and the multiverse. And, oh, okay, here we go. Because I think looking ahead to 2022, like... I fully expect this origin, big picture uh, stuff to flip. In, in this year, at, the big picture stuff. I'm looking stuff, up the next. The next seven movies are not origins. The next seven yeah, movies are sequels. Exactly so. right. So like yeah. like next year, we're gonna see the movies are gonna start doing the big picture, multiverse, and whatever else type stories. The Disney Plus stuff is gonna be all origin, all new characters, all introduction. That role is totally gonna flip from what it was this year. And mm-hmm. I think I'm actually excited for that on the movie side, and a little nervous for that on the Disney Plus side. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, What's I mean, the Disney I, I Plus the, series you're most nervous about? 
What's the one where you're like, I think this is going to be a disaster? I mean, they're doing an mm-hmm. Agatha Harkness show. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are they doing? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. My Catherine expectations Hunt, for that Catherine are so Hart low. Is so charming. That, yeah, yeah I, I have. I mean, it's that's years away, years and years away. So I, I, I don't know. In, in the imminent here, I'm going to just list off the next like. I mean, next what year if season two? Hawkeye, because Moon Knight, like the first season. Sorry, go ahead. Hawkeye, Moon Knight, She Hulk, Secret Invasion, Miss Marvel. In the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special are the ones that are all listed for next this at the end of this year or next year. I am most no- nervous for Miss Marvel. I feel like yeah, that same. nothing I've seen has looked good, and mm-hmm. I'm really worried they're going to bat like they're just not going to do one of the best runs of the 2010s justice. And if you botch Kamala Khan, let's not pretend that doesn't have larger ramifications. Like that's that's a bad thing <laughs> for Marvel it, and their direction. Also, if that's a if that series doesn't play well, so that has a it's lot. Also, Miles. Out. It's like Miles and Kamala Khan are like the two the two really big notable Marvel superheroes that from the 21st century, right? Like certainly of the yeah. 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the last decade. Like these are the two big new ones that matter really to like young people and that matter for the future. So like getting them right is really important. Uh, I, I have actually, I haven't read her comics, so I'm, uh, I'm not particularly like, I, I don't have that much skin in the game. Uh, I'll say She-Hulk because I have a lot of skin in that game. Uh, I really too, want too much. To that was too much <laughs> skin. Yeah. In yeah. That yeah. Game. <laughs> not enough skin in that trailer. If you ask me, um, the, uh, the She-Hulk series, I just like, I, I'm just worried that it's going to be very straightforward and not silly at all. And it should be a little silly. Um, oh, I'm not. Based on, I guess I don't. No, I think it's know, going to be. I, I don't know to anticipate that. Like, why wouldn't? Yeah, you? yeah. I don't yeah. know. Just, just that little trailer did not give me. You know, like I. I mean, I don't. Those little trailers sucked. <laughs> they, they, they really did. did. They're 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 a lot of nothing. So I shouldn't I shouldn't bank yeah. too much on. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I yeah, really I like I uh, Tatiana, if that's her name. Um, in yeah, Orphan Tatiana Black. Maslany. She's yep. fantastic. So I have I have high hopes. Um, uh, the yeah, I also love Fallout Boy. <laughs> big follow-up boy. Uh, Jamila Jamila Jamil, I think, is her is name. Titania. That's that's yeah, awesome. good yeah. casting. As good well. casting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm so it's that. It, that one's got a lot of potential. Um, and it's it's going to be you know the thing too with She Hulk is it's going to be a Hulk story, like just Hulk family story. Yeah. Um, which I think will work pretty well too. So all right, yeah. mm-hmm. Charlotte, did you say you said Agatha Harkness, right? So all right. Well, at um, least say it, yeah, Agatha. What if what if we the only house. House of Story we get in the MCU is House oh of Harkness. <laughs> how, how will we feel? Not House of M, not House of X, House of Harkness. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. Don't. Uh, okay, final thoughts. Any, anything we want to make sure we, we talk about before we wrap it? Or do we want to do rapid fire variant covers? Uh, Dune. Let's re- do a quick Dune review. Because honestly, I'm... I've seen Dune. I got, I've read Dune. All, all three of us have uh, have seen I mean, Dune. You now. know what? Dune is, is more than half MCU actors, so I think it counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right or aqua oh can can i but yeah one more little jab at eternals dune costs like 25 percent less than eternals did like how did mm-hmm. it look so much better on that budget like it the it, dune looks so cool and eternals was just like yeah. my haircuts so are free my wife's been cutting my hair for a decade looks better mm-hmm. than everybody out there all right cost <laughs> isn't everything anyway dune, dune rules everyone should go check out dune and i don't dune like good. the book bu- i don't like the dune books and i don't actually like denis Villeneuve as a director that much and uh, what what <laughs> but, but you love this movie oh what a yeah, weird I'm all, I'm combination of that. that's of incredible traits yeah yeah he, he really you, you I, continue I to perfect. be perfect 
It's like the perfect combination of material and director, I think. Like he, no, I think you're just movies. a Timothy Timothy Chalamet stan, and that's that's the only Ooh, reason. Oh, I I do love Timothy Chalamet. Like every, <laughs> everything he's in, I'm very. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, call me by my call me by my name. Call me, by my and, name? Uh, lady, call me, lady call me Timothy. Is that what you start calling him? <laughs> you love him so much. I'm gonna curse I love both. I love yeah, him yeah. in both. Oh, Little Women. He's incredible in Little Women. I I'm, I think I'm all I've in on only that guy. seen him in in Interstellar. Really? Oh, who's well, he? Yeah. Inter- watch, who's he an interesting watch? I think he's the kid. He's uh, yeah, he's he is, um, yeah. is he one of the waves? This? Yeah, he's he's barely go watch yeah. Call Me by Your Name <laughs> okay. or Lady Bird okay. or it, Little Women. Those so are all, all right, incredible movies. oh, I've seen Lady Bird. I didn't like him in that, but it's a good movie. Um, all right, Dune is a great book. Love it. Dig in Frank Herbert. I'm on the Dune Messiah. Um, I love this whole cool. universe. I love the writing style. Uh, I love seeing how much Jonathan Hickman did not create but pulled into his Marvel comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that has been fascinating. Um, but this movie, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I I was glad to have read the book first because I was mm-hmm. like, I was definitely glad to have been like, okay, like I like this book more. I see what they're pulling and what they're not. Um, I think if I hadn't read it and just as a movie, I would have been like, oh, that's <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like that that's how we're ending things. Yeah, that, that, uh, that that's hilarious. I the haven't read the books. Ends. I've only seen the David Lynch movie, and that was quite a few years ago. But uh, I mean, yeah, if I hadn't known uh, that there was a part two, it would have been a bit of a weird ending. Oh, for I, sure. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice movie. Yeah, the yeah. sound, the sound on this yeah. movie, and just the visuals is is so cool. Um, I really, really, I you know what? What actually probably I like the most about it is the fact that it's catching fire. You know, like yeah. the fact that I, I hundred percent like my perception of Dune was cult classic David Lynch movie based on source material that must not have been that exciting because this franchise never really went anywhere and it kind of this critically maligned thing, um, which I know is like a totally incorrect thing, but that's just kind of my was my perception growing up, that Dune was like a failed sci-fi experiment kind of just for this you know, culty wild. group. <laughs> so seeing it become enormous in film sci-fi books of all oh yeah yeah no i realize that yeah. now and, and like yeah. i said like having read it i love it um but it, with the movie seeing it actually catch on yeah. with a massive audience is great because so many more people are going to start reading these books and uh yeah and that's always I, exciting i i i hope like i i yeah i'm very glad it's doing well just because like a serious franchise film that is not cut from the same cloth as you know and like not even to take stabs at the mcu but i am just like hungry for other things something else yeah but, like something different Something that is not doing the combination action comedy, Fast and Furious, Mission there Impossible. There is no comedy in Marvel. Dune. Like, very few. There's a couple little tiny jokes, but it's mostly... I didn't even smile. Yeah, it, it, it's it's mostly a very serious film. <laughs> Loved which it. I liked, you know? Like, very very into uh, a, a serious movies for adults. <laughs> like, Gosh. Oh, you know what? I got so just one more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one, we have to watch Spider-Man 2. Uh, we, we should watch that and talk about that on the show uh, mm. before... I, I'm super excited about that. Charlotte and I will do it if you don't, because I, I really <laughs> want to get to that Raimi Spider-Man 2 after watching the first one and liking yeah. it so much. But we okay. just uh, I just rewatched Spider-Man Enters the Spider-Verse for the first time since theaters. We watched it at home, and uh, damn, that movie's good. Damn, that movie's yeah. good. Like, maybe yeah. the best superhero movie. Like, just oh, it's my, really it's my incredible movie. movie. And you know what I, I took away from it this time that I, I really appreciated? The whole time I was like, this is so good, and it's a kid's movie. Like, it's clearly made for children, which, like, it just, you know, f- feels right. You know, it's like these things should be made for kids. They should be, like, accessible for children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, having that be so at the forefront of, uh, of this is so, like, refreshing. You know what? Like, that actually made me... Th- film. That, that connects to watching Shang-Chi. Yeah. And 
it's a movie that very weirdly thinks that saying shit is a is a, a punchline. Uh-huh. Like that yep. happens a lot. The a MCU lot. loves shit. The MCU likes saying that <laughs> quite a bit. But it's like, like clearly played for comedy, like hard. Yeah. Like, hey, this is going to be a guffaw. And it's also like, hey, what if we just let this fun martial arts movie with fantastical creatures be for kids, be for all ages, mm-hmm. um, yeah. instead of which, like. Listen, I'm a father of small children. They don't know how to swear yet. This is coming, I imagine. But I, I don't know. To me, it was just kind of like, pick a lane, y'all. Like, this isn't yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not working. And uh, and it's just like, what is? what are you doing? Like, you're trying to be more... <laughs> like, like, signifying like, oh, we're for adults by saying shit is the laziest, corniest shorthand imaginable. You know? Didn't like that. Yeah. Didn't care for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Clean it up. I, I, Language MCU. That, that is and, there. And honestly, know. it makes the MCU feel more childish than yeah, Spider-Verse, right. I think. Juvenile. Yeah. 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 Hey, Juvenalia. Uh, all right. Before we go, let's talk about all the... Uh, how does everyone feel about the Black Adam movie coming up? <laughs> I will say... The mo- the superhero movie I'm most excited about right now. I am excited about Spider Man coming out in December. Like I'm actually I, I like those a lot, so I'm, yeah. I'm quite excited yeah, to see this. Uh, the Batman, the Matt Reeves Batman movie coming out. Like yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this, and uh, and I I hope it I hope it is uh, as good as the trailers are suggesting. Oh, uh, I mean, looks, the yeah, the superhero movie I'm most excited for right now is still the Spider Verse sequel. Like oh I'm, yeah yeah nothing yeah. can more, beat that more of that me. please yeah. 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 There's a lot. There's a lot to be excited about. I mean, truly, like that's you know, for as much yeah. as like talking about, okay, what does fatigue mean, and and will this, won't this work, and what are you nervous about? Like a ton of this stuff is going to be really good. There, there sure. is a ton of this stuff, you know. So it's like if you kind of pick and choose across the sample platter, there, there's going to be a lot of high points over the yeah. next six months, um, yeah. and that's that's exciting, you know. I, yeah, I think we'll like be... this next year will be pretty explosive in terms of stuff that's coming uh it won't all work but there's gonna be a lot of a lot of stuff that does so i'm here and we'll, for it. we'll be back in december to talk about hawkeye right so yeah yeah uh, coming out in like yeah we'll do some year end stuff in december yeah. we'll probably yep. yeah i don't know maybe we'll talk about the kickoff it's exciting enough um maybe we'll just wait till it's done and do a review then you know i i am i'm very intrigued by hawkeye in terms of it seems to be so directly doing the fraction age i woo run in a way that i don't think anything in the mcu has with the exception of captain america winter soldier like that's the one for me that's just like oh yeah they just adapted the comic um mm-hmm. like they adapted one thing as opposed to like yeah we took influences across a variety uh this series really really seems to be leaning into like to the point yeah. of being like hey that clint barton you saw over the last decade forget him because we're yep. doing a better version mm-hmm. uh, that's the weirdest part <laughs> yeah. about it and i'm fascinated to see if that works on screen yeah. i'm also fascinated to see if fraction and aja and Wu got paid because they clearly should have clearly should have. yes i agree yeah, and... yeah yeah all right yep. that'll do it thanks everybody for listening uh i'm dave you can find me stuff com. he's zach you can find him online at my marvelous year you can also find him in the slack if you uh support us on patreon over at patreon.com slash my marvelous year you can join the world's greatest slack charlotte where should people find you you can find me at Fierro Charlotte on Twitter, and you can find me on the Slack. Perfecto. Music for the show is by Disaster Peace. Vocals for the show today, mostly by Zach. Couldn't stop talking about Eternals. Loves it <laughs> oh, so much. Oh, boy. This movie's, this movie's on the, my brain. Loves it. I never it. have to think about it again. You will. you will. You will go to bed dreaming of Eternals. Everybody have sweet dreams of Icarus, and we will see you next year. See, see you next, next year. year.